Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Neil and alongside my brother Gordon, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday where we aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore things that interest us. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 64. And I don't know if you can tell, well, you certainly can't tell if you're listening through your ears, but if you're viewing on YouTube, you'll see I'm, I'm all alone. Um, Gordon is off gallivanting to Ohio. I think it's Ohio he's going to. Um, he's got a shoot with the Stoltman brothers, who, if this is your first episode, the Stoltman brothers are um, world's strongest kind of brothers. And... Um, they're both competing in the Arnolds, I think it is. So yeah, um, awesome that Gordon's got the opportunity to go with them. But that means that he is too engaged to do a podcast with me. So here I am, keeping to the schedule. Um, I must say I'm a little nervous. Probably more nervous doing it myself than I am um, doing it with Gordon. But we'll see how it goes. Um, like we always start, I've got my, my, my beer here, which is nice. Quite a dark lager. Um, I'm not not really sure where it's from, but it tastes good. Anyway, I'm going to keep the tradition because we always ask how, how we are. And since I'm on my, on my own, I'm just going to tell you how I am. I'm good. Um, the last few episodes, you probably maybe maybe listened to, maybe not. I was a I was a ten out of ten, really good. I'm still kind of riding that crest. Um, I always kind of ponder on life and think that life comes in seasons, as does the kind of world of autumn, winter, summer etc. And I feel like I'm in a season that things are going really well. Um, but I'm also not oblivious to the fact that things could change. So be prepared for that. But right now I'm in a season where, where things are pretty good and things are things are looking up. Um, what have we done this week? So this is, this is Wednesday evening I'm filming it. And I haven't done an awful lot since we last spoke. So last spoke on Sunday... It was Isla's birthday, official birthday. She's now aged eight on Monday, so we had a nice breakfast for her. She got to open her presents from us, which was lovely. Um, been juggling school strikes, so I'm kind of a mixed feeling about this. I understand why they're striking. I understand why, um, and I, I support that that um, teachers need to be paid more, and they put in a hell of a lot of effort, um, and will work long hours, um, even despite getting holidays. They're still working 12, 15 hour days sometimes. But it's it's pretty hard juggling juggling the, the strikes. So um, I live in Fife and um, the education minister for Scotland lives in Fife and for some reason we've been targeted a bit more heavily with strikes. So my kids haven't been in school that much the last few weeks and there's more strikes next week, three days. So yeah, it's just been juggling that, trying to keep kids entertained, like soft plays, swimming, as well as working um, and that kind of thing. So... Yeah, hopefully the, the unions and the government can come to some kind of agreement. Um, but right now we're just kind of juggling as much as we can. Um, it's been a relatively chilled week at work, just working from home. Did plan to go into the office today, but the kind of strike logistics of, of kid childcare and stuff hampered that. Um, yeah, that's it really. In terms of weekend plans, we can catch that up in the, in the next episode. But for episode 64, um, I came up with this idea actually on my run on Monday, Monday morning, Tuesday morning. I knew I was going to do a solo episode this, this week. And we toyed with the idea of like 
nine years of marriage advice because I've been married nine years. Um, I think it would be a quite a good episode for Gordon to ask me questions around that. Um, so I thought I would um, tell a story about my running journey. So I kind of worked out that for the last eight years I've been running every week, at least once, normally multiple times a week. But I thought I would share how how that's kind of gone, kind of any tips and things in my journey through running. Um, I've done a few marathons. I've had my sights on an ultra for a few, probably two years now since kind of COVID. I can go into that journey and why I haven't done an ultra yet. Um, hopefully this year will be the year. Anyway, um, without further ado, let's let's get stuck in. So I've been using my Kindle Scribe for the for this kind of note taking. Been using it for the last week actually for kind of work and journaling and that kind of thing. And I've got a timeline of events which, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see. And this is kind of my running timeline, um, um, and it kind of goes all the way back to when I first started. Which um, I guess I'm going to go a bit further back to when I when I started. Um, there's a reason I started, and it's quite a pivotal reason. And the reason the kind of eight years came up is because when I was born, um, it was quite a pivotal moment to me starting to run certainly when she turned one years old, which we'll get into. So it was a, a cold and breezy February in 2015, and I was a, a ripe young age of 24, um, and my lovely daughter was born. Um, before that, I said, I don't want to go for let, Let's um, go back in time to February 15th, or February 2015. Um, best time of my life, done lots of podcasts on it, loved um, my first daughter being born, it was a phenomenal time. Um, and during that time, we were actually buying our first house um, up in Aberdeenshire and we were getting ready to move out and everything was looking great. So I think in about March time, we moved out to a new house. Um, and then in September 2015, the oil price took a massive dip. And the reason that's significant is because I was working in the oil and gas industry um, and I had been for the last I don't know, five or six years. And the oil and gas industry, if nobody knows, is very kind of volatile when it comes to the oil price. So you have the price of oil, and if that fluctuates or goes down um, below kind of $40 a barrel it used to be, then it wasn't very profitable to get anything at the North Sea. Well, in 2015, the oil price went to negative. Um, you can read up on why the oil price fluctuates, but anyway, when it hits negative, it's obviously not very good. Um, far worse than being $45 a barrel. So at the peak, when I was working in oil and gas, it was at over $100 a barrel. I think it got to $125 a barrel. So it went all the way down to minus. And in September 15, the, the company I was working for um, made a, a lot of people redundant. And I think there's tens of thousands of people within Aberdeen and the Shire, Aberdeen Shire that were made redundant during that, that time. So I had my first kid, um, six to nine months later, um, I was made redundant. Um, and we'll get into why this is significant when I, about the running thing. So in September, um, and again, I think we've done a podcast on this, like losing job, getting made redundant, but I basically had to find another job and I was very career driven. So I wanted to um, progress in my career or stay at the same level. I didn't want to take a dip. Um, I was applying for jobs in Aberdeen and I found out through recruiters that 100 to 200 people were applying for the same job and it was just a crazy time to try and get a, a job. Anyway, I was um, now looking for jobs down in Edinburgh and Glasgow to see um, if I could go further afield in a bit more of a better market down there. I even looked at London because Gordon lived there at the time and 
Yeah, it was a bit of a, a wild time. I remember like driving down just for one coffee with one potential employer to, to Edinburgh and Edinburgh for anyone that knows is it's about a six hour round trip. So it was a very kind of turbulent time with my my first child. But I landed a great job in Edinburgh, thankfully, and it was actually with the current with the company I was working for, so it was a bit of a transfer. Um, but it was phenomenal. Like I was just over the moon. I, I, I still look back fondly and with that call I got from the recruitment agency. Um, I was driving down to Edinburgh actually um, for another job interview, and I thankfully just got to the outskirts of Aberdeen and said, and answered the phone hands free, um, and I got the great news. So I turned back and came home. Anyway we'll get to why this is significant. Um, working in Edinburgh, kind of missed my family a lot. It was a bit of a, I kind of, I guess I, I buried my head a little bit. I kind of, I went out with friends a lot. Um, there was quite a lot of kind of alcohol consumed midweek. And I was just wasting away my money. Um, I'd say I had a good time, but then again, there's a lot of guilt there. Um, Rebecca was juggling Isla and she had to go back to work to kind of fund the mortgage and the rent I paid down in Edinburgh because I lived down here. And it was just a, a wild time. Um, so yeah, I was kind of burying my head in the sand. Fast forward to February 2016, Isla turns one years old. Um, and just a few days before that, we were in the west coast of Scotland with my in-laws and having a great time, um, a bit of a holiday. Um, I can't really remember where we were, but a really picturesque place and a great time. Um, and two nights before Isla was about to turn one, um, she kind of had a high temperature and was really not not well on herself. So we took her to the local local GP who checked her out and basically said we need to get an ambulance. So Isla was blue lighted to Inverness, which was about two or three hour drive. Um, another time of year, it was frosty. I couldn't go in the ambulance. Rebecca went with her. I was driving behind the ambulance, trying to keep up. I'm obviously not managing. So but it was a very kind of scary drive. And um, we got to the hospital in Inverness and... Isla went septic, it ended up, long story short, she ended up in ICU and it was a really big roller coaster. Um, but we were there for 10 days and that was a really hard part of my life. Um, thankfully, I had a really good employer who kind of just said, forget work, just focus on your family. But yeah, going through that with Rebecca, seeing your daughter that was sick, um, experiencing her kind of first birthday in hospital, going through ICU, um, all that kind of stuff was, was tricky. So, yeah, we did that. Um, obviously, we don't have any kind of family or anything in Inverness, so we had nowhere to stay. So I remember having like a, there was no kind of side beds for parents um, in the wards we were in. So we had like a seat to kind of both sleep on. We took turns of sleeping on it. And then I think by day three or four, this charity got in touch. And this charity was called the Archie Foundation. And again, this all will come make sense and why it started my running journey, but... The Archie Foundation is an amazing charity that um, I think it's just Scotland. It could be further afield, but essentially they help parents that um, that are going through a really hard time with their kid if they've got illness, cancer, or in hospital for any reason. And the Archie Foundation had turned an area of Inverness Hospital into kind of a parent's um, bunk dorm room, kind of bed, beds, kitchenette, living room space for parents to, to stay there if they didn't have anywhere else to go. So Archie Foundation provided us with clothes, food, just support. They were just absolutely phenomenal over the kind of 10 days we were in hospital. And um, although thing, like although it was still pretty rough in terms of the kind of the, the beds were, were, wasn't that comfy and stuff, we, we had a place to sleep. So um, that was really nice. 
So that was in February 2016. Now fast forward to April 2016. So I'd been working, I'd, I'd kind of gone back to work in Edinburgh, doing my kind of five days in Edinburgh, two days in, in Aberdeen rotation for the weekend. And one, I was running out of money or I had no money really to my name. I was paying a mortgage and rent down in Edinburgh and my, my, my train and stuff was a crazy amount of money. And I was kind of probably put on a lot of weight. I just, I wasn't happy in myself. Um, I'd spent the kind of Christmas before, just lots of alcohol, seeing friends, enjoying the time in Edinburgh. Um, and then, yeah, April 16 came and I remember sitting in the in the room I was renting from somebody um, and just thinking like, I need, I need to get myself out of this. Um, how can I do it? Um, and the first thing that came to my mind is I want to raise money for the charity that helped us so much. So the Archie Foundation. And I couldn't afford a gym membership. I wanted some way to keep fit. Um, I couldn't afford to go out anymore. Um, money was really tight. And yeah, I just needed something to really focus my attention. So I thought, let, let's have a look at marathons. Um, I hadn't, I guess, pre this, uh, I'd been to the gym um, pretty regularly, but never really ran much. I'd done a couple of 5Ks, maybe a 10K, but this was, I don't know, five or six years ago prior to this so definitely like no aerobic fitness at all anyway i um, thought it would be a good idea to enter the inverness marathon because inverness was obviously where isla was was um in hospital and all the great staff there were amazing and that's called loch ness marathon because you run around the loch ness or the loch where loch ness monster is um and yeah, so I decided to enter the, the Inverness Marathon. And I remember that night, like, it was like 55, 65 quid to to, um, to enter. I didn't have that in my bank account, so I put it on the credit card. Um, and thinking, I'll, I'll pay it off next month or whatever. But anyway, that en- that entry kind of was the, the rocket that um, started this. And I remember that night, it was about seven or eight at night. I entered, I took a screenshot and, and sent it to Rebecca, and she couldn't believe it. Um, and kind of my, my goal was to finish this marathon and I set two two objectives to raise um, money for charity and to run it in three hours, 45 minutes or under. And the reason I set the kind of time limit was because I've, I've got, I want to be competitive. I want to do a good job. So by setting that, I was kind of a default to, to doing it. So yeah, in, in April 2016, I, I started on my journey to, to training. Um, did a, a, I basically started... Um, with the mindset of I'm going to go out and do a 5k. I'm not going to do any less than that. I mean, I've got, I can't, I can't remember the conversion of, of a marathon, but it's 26 miles. And um, I was like, if I can't, if I need to start a 5k. I think if I start any less, then it's just going to be, it's going to be hard. So I, I started my 5k's, doing my 5k's, and then built up to my 10k's. Um, and then, yeah, just, just went from there, really. So... Um, the marathon was in September 2016, so I started in April, April, May, June, July, August, September. So I had six months to get marathon ready, and if you kind of think back, I hadn't run anything before that, um, went to the gym four or five years ago, uh, there was no real base there of fitness, so I would say I was starting from the ground up. I um, certainly had a lot of weight to lose as well. So... Yeah, that, that last six months or the, the next six months was a really motivational time. My headspace was great. Um, I, when I went down to Edinburgh on the Sunday evening, I used to go down Sunday evening back Friday night to Aberdeen. Um, so when I went to Edinburgh, I'd do my run on the Sunday evening and then majority of the nights I was in Edinburgh, I would be running. And it was just a great focus for me to 
get me out of the pub, get me out from socialising, um, an excuse almost to, to not go in the pub. So I had this marathon that I was training for. And um, yeah, it was just such a good motivator to, to do this. And then the fact that I was also doing it um, to help this charity that had helped us was another big motivator. And all these things um, came through. And six months later, in September 2016, I raised over two and a half thousand pounds for Archie Foundation. And I ran my first marathon at three hours, 38 minutes, which is a goal, which was a goal, which was under three hours, 45. And that was an awesome feeling. I remember kind of going through that training period and thinking, I'm struggling to do 10 miles and I've got to run double this and some. How am I going to do this marathon? And it, was a, like I'd, it took a lot of grit and a lot of kind of determination and going out in the kind of late nights, rain, sleet, snow. It was, it was a brutal time. And I remember there was times where just to fit a run in, I had to run at like 9, 10 at night. I wasn't sleeping very well, so there's a whole marade of stuff that could have stopped me from doing it. But um, I stayed focused and, and yeah, achieved achieved the goal. And for anyone that doesn't know, the, the Loch Ness Marathon is, I think, one of the hilliest road marathons in the UK, um, or certainly in Scotland. And if you look at the kind of profile, it's very undulating. And you start at quite high at the top of the, of the loch, um, and you go down, but then you go straight back up, and it's just... It's a bit wild. Um, if you're into running, I'd, I'd highly recommend it as a marathon because um, A, it's very scenic and B, um, it's very Scottish. And what I mean by that is there is a, a pipe band at the very start. It was like, I think 7 a.m. it started at the very top of this hill we were at. Um, a massive pipe band of like 10 to 15 bagpipes and drums to start us off. And that was just a phenomenal feeling. Like everyone was there and it was just, I think there's 10,000 people running it. It was an awesome time. Anyway, tick that box. Um, I had a great time. So after that, I kind of got the bug for running. Like I felt like I was having a great time during running. It was a great kind of just escape from the crazy life of, of having your first child. It was a nice escape from, it was an excuse to not go to the pub with, with friends. And yeah, I just kind of, people um, explain it sometimes called monk mode. Where for the next for the for, for the next six months you just like put a hood up and ignore kind of the outer peripheral of, of people and just go ham and and run and um, and go into this goal. So yeah, I'd say I probably went into monk mode. Um, I've still got, I've still got the, the friends to this day, but I think for the for the six months of training, I probably didn't go didn't socialise as much as as probably they'd liked. I might take a drink because when you're talking on your own there's not much break for drinks so cheers oh. so anyway race complete September 2016 then we're going to move on to December 2016 and there's a thing called Markathon don't ask me why it's called Markathon but basically it is when you run 5k a day in December and there's two reasons you do this one to keep fit but two if you can run 5k a day in December, then it sets you up phenomenally for the next year ahead. So I, I did that in 2016. It was a bit, kind of a bit of a, a kick up the backside. After the marathon, I took a few days off and I did a couple of runs here and there um, week by week. But yeah, it, I, I kind of after the six month of training, I definitely took a bit of a break. And then December, I used this as a 5k a day to do it. And that was, that was great. And just to have the discipline to go out for half an hour, 25 minutes, whatever it takes you, 
in the pouring rain and the sleet and the snow and the ice. It's Scotland, I live, so it's probably going to be no warmer than three or four degrees in December. Likely going to be snow, sleet, dark nights, early mornings. And I remember that we had the Christmas night at work and it was a, it was a late one and I hadn't done, or I had done my 5k for that day. But the next morning it was a really busy day. So the only time I could do it was in the morning. So I remember like getting home at two, three in the morning and then getting up at seven, eight in the morning to do my run. Um, so yeah, I guess it just showed showed some discipline. And throughout, like from December to 16 um, to 2020, I just continued to run. Um, not, again, every week, definitely. Um, but kind of, I've got my totals here. So in 2016, I ran 425 miles. In 2017, I ran 435 miles. In 2018, I took a bit of a dip and ran 250 miles. 2019... Around 219 miles, so you can see they're kind of they're pretty small numbers. They're not, um, I mean, they're, they're a lot for some people, but certainly um, what was what I'm about to tell you is, is it's not a lot when when I wanted to do something a bit crazy. So, in 2020, I was turning 30 years old, um, and yeah, that was kind of it was, it was a bit scary. But anyway, when it, I had my 30th birthday um, in January. And I had basically committed to myself to running a marathon that, that year. And it was going to be 30 miles for my 30th birthday. I wasn't going to do it on my 30th birthday, but in that year I was going to complete it. Not knowing that COVID was going to hit um, for a start. But anyway, that was the kind of ultra idea that came to my head. And I, I took off in 2020, despite the kind of lockdowns and stuff, I was, I was, going, I was running a lot and it, it felt absolutely great for it like really doing well, injury free, just, yeah, having a great time. Like I'd be able to go out in the morning before the kids wake up and do a half marathon. And I'd be able to just run a marathon in the, at the weekend, just supported by myself. So yeah, in 2020, it was kind of, I'd say my fittest year, um, despite getting COVID. Um, and that's, you might hear that in one of the episodes previous to this, um, of my COVID episode, but yeah, despite having COVID and stuff, I did 850 miles. Which, um, yeah, just just felt great. I was in a really good, really good place. Um, really enjoying it. Um, running, and I guess there's maybe a reason why I did so many miles, eight hundred fifty miles. Um, because, not because, but that's also when the boys were. I don't know how old were they. So they were born in twenty eighteen. So they were two years old. So. Yeah, life was life was pretty pretty chaotic, but I focused and made time. And most of the time, I was going out at five in the morning. That was kind of my my sweet spot. I'd I'd get my miles in at five in the morning, fasted, maybe a quick coffee before I went, but that was great. Anyway, fast forward. So in twenty twenty, I didn't manage to do my ultramarathon. So I think I got like, uh, I, I didn't book one, which I guess in hindsight is probably a lesson learned. Um, I kind of wish I did book one. But I got an injury in 2020 and the idea of doing a marathon kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, yeah, I just didn't want to, didn't want to risk it. Um, and then visit to 2021. Again, I think it was just an, an episodes of injuries and various niggles that I was getting that I kept on kind of contemplating like, is it actually worth doing an ultra? So 
I think there's there's something people say that maintaining a, a decent level of fitness, like running 5K three times a week, will kind of increase your longevity and make you live longer. But running ultra marathons regularly or running 50, 60 miles a week may have a negative effect on your longevity. And certainly you see research done in kind of massive high-end athletes that run 100 miles a week and just are going crazy with, with running. It can be detri- detrimental. If your aim is longevity, running ultramarathons is probably not going to be the, the best thing for you to do. So that was kind of going through my head in, in 2021 and I ran 650 miles, so 200 less than the year before. Again, there were some niggles injuries there. And then in 2022, I actually had the goal of running a thousand miles. And again, the ultra was still kind of in my head, what to what achieve it. Um, it sounds like a bit of a sob story, but I, some more injuries became apparent and kind of stopped me from, from pushing to that 30, 50 miler that I was wanting to do. And I think that it was probably, if you look back at the numbers in 2020, I did 850 miles. And um, that was the, like that was double or quadruple so, some years previous. So I kind of, I guess, my body was just worn down for that from from that year of training, and these niggles started to kind of appear and crack, and things like stress fractures and stuff like that all, all appeared. So yeah, in twenty twenty two, I did seven hundred eighteen miles, and here we are. It's now twenty twenty three, and uh, started off well. Um, in terms of January, was okay. The start of January, and then. My knee kind of started being being sore again. I've gone through private healthcare to get to get that looked at and MRI scans and stuff. Still haven't booked one yet because it keeps coming and going, and I haven't I haven't chased them, and I'm just waiting for it to be sore again. But for the last kind of three or four weeks, I've been managing ten to fifteen miles a week, and it feels absolutely fine. So touch wood, I'm on the mend. Um, I still have the ultra in my sights, and maybe I just need to book it. I have said that I just need to put my foot down and, and, and get it booked. But anyway, that's my kind of journey of running. I, I, I have no idea if it's useful. Maybe we've got one listener left, but hopefully hopefully it was. Um, but I, I thought I would record some takeaways. How are we doing for time? 25 minutes. That's not bad since it's just me, me ram- rambling on. So yeah, um, I thought I'd just, if you're a dad or if anybody, if you're trying to get into running and trying to... Um, create a habit around fitness and, and keeping healthy, then my advice, and I've got a few, th- a few things here written down, um, is think of a challenge first. So that year I ran the marathon, that was the catalyst for me to get into this routine. I set myself a challenge running that marathon. I, I made it myself accountable by raising money for charity. I was very vocal about raising money for charity and why I was doing it. And yeah, I think that held me accountable. Um, the next one was focusing the small steps. So I've no idea who said it or where, where I heard it, but even if you go out for one mile or 10 minutes of running, you're maybe meant to do 10K part of your training plan, maybe meant to do 5K part of your training plan, but just if you can't be bothered, just say to yourself, right, I'm just going to go out for a mile. If you do a mile, that's far better than just sitting sitting at home. But the likelihood is if you get everything on and you start running that mile, you're going to continue the chances are you're not going to want to come home after that mile. Um, so yeah, just even if it's a small step, just just start. Um, another one is figuring out the why. And I mentioned like going back to kind of making it a challenge and the charity thing, but 
figuring out the why is, is another great motivator. And certainly my why, um, when I had Isla and now I've got the boys and it keeps reminding me about why I run is my health and my kids. I want to be healthy and I want to be a good role model. I want my kids to see me finishing races. I want my kids to see me getting up at six in the morning and going for a run, coming back soaking wet because it's been pouring. I just want that to be a, a memory they have of me because I think, I can't remember, Gordon would know this, but um, kids definitely are aware a lot more than you think and will remember a lot, a lot more than you think. So they act how you act. And to be a good role model, I think that that is a, a great reason to, to do some exercise. And, and also the health benefits. So as I mentioned before, running an ultra is probably not going to make you live longer, but certainly running 5, 10Ks regularly will make you live longer. Um, two seconds. My wife just texted me and she said, Tesco doing some shopping. Anyway, um... Yeah, so I want I want to be healthy for my grandkids. I want to be healthy for, for, for my kids just now. And I want to be able to run as fast and as long as they can. So by doing that, by running regularly, I can help that. Um, I still want to do this, this ultra marathon. I've said it over and over again. Um, but, but there's no but. Well, there is a but. It, it's not going to help me live longer. So if I do this ultra marathon, I think that this might be the pinnacle. And then I'll go back to just my regular running. I seem to be in a good stead where it's, it's not a chore going out. I feel excited going out. Um, yeah, I just enjoy it. And I guess a couple of, couple of practical tips on how I managed to kind of get out of bed and go is my kit, my running gear is always laid out the night before. So my running shoes, my shorts, my t-shirt, my running band thing, I keep my phone in. My podcast I want to listen to is all ready and I'm focused and dialed in to, to doing that run. Um, getting out in the morning, it just sets yourself up and, and gets you ready. Now my last thing, my last kind of top tip is don't get caught up on, on a training plan. So I remember when I first started marathon training, a lot of my friends were like, oh, how are you going to um, run? Or what plan you're going to follow? How often you're going to run? And I was just like, I'm just going to run. Like, I know I need to, I did a bit of research and I know I need to get to at least like 20 miles um, before I even think about doing the marathon. So that was my kind of target. And I just worked my way up. Like for a few weeks, I'd do 5K. The next weeks, I'd do 10K. The next weeks, I'd do 15 miles. The next again, kind of month, I would put that up to 17 miles and maybe do two or three short runs a week and then a long run at the weekend. And just kind of did that the whole time. Um, there's no ne- the only kind of strategy I had was the week before or the sorry two weeks in the, f- the week following week f- running up to the marathon and um, the two weeks before I ran three back-to-back 10 milers so that's just I can't remember the days but say Tuesday Wednesday Thursday I was out 10 miles 10 miles 10 miles and that was just to get my legs ready for the kind of tiredness and that Thursday of running 10 miles after I just ran the previous two nights of 10 miles that was bloody tough and then the week week before, I just ate a lot of pasta, just to kind of, I can't remember why, um, again, Gord would know this, but there's a reason why you want to eat lots of pasta the, the kind of week or a couple of days before the marathon, because it kind of gets your um, carb levels up in your body. So yeah, I, I, I just say, 
just start running. Um, the biggest thing is figure out the why, though, because if you're just running to, I don't know, impress some or like it, it needs to be a quite a deep why. I think if you want to lose weight or you want to impress somebody or you're showing off, I, that's not good enough. I think it needs to be deeper than that. Um, longevity is a good one. Keeping healthy is a good one for your kids is a good one. So, yeah, think about that. Um, and then the, kind of the, the next question I was going to answer then was like, what would I do differently? So, yeah, this is my eighth year of running. I've done a lot of miles. If I total it all up, um, probably around the world a few times. But yeah, the, the the top thing that I would do differently is cross train to prevent injury. So I think that in twenty twenty when I ran eight hundred fifty miles, um, that was just a lot of the same movements, a lot of the same pounding the pavements, the trails, and not giving my body a chance to kind of repair or adapt. So um, now I have a, a spin bike, which I use probably less than I should. Um, certainly I've gone through peaks and troughs of using it. Um, but when I get into my serious ultra training, I'm definitely going to be cross training. So that basically means maybe two days of the week I will go on the bike instead of running. Again, it keeps my cardiovascular system kind of pumped and, and fit but it just takes that pressure off my knees and my legs. Um, diet matters. So when you start running, you think, or when you start running long distances, you think that you can eat everything in sight, you can drink everything you want, and it doesn't matter. Well, in fact, it does. Um, my weight, I wouldn't say, has gone down any doing all this running. I think my appetite is definitely heightened. I definitely eat a lot more. Um, but eating the right things would is is going to be good because i found i went through periods of just being ill a lot and that comes with kids you're going to bring home kind of um flus and, and colds and stuff and sickness bugs but i just felt yeah quite tired quite run down a lot of the time when i was running kind of 30 40 miles a week and i noticed that like i was probably not eating enough vegetables i was probably not eating enough um kind of protein and i was definitely drinking too much alcohol so yeah just I guess if you go into a serious bout of training, then be mindful of what you're eating and try and make it as healthy as possible. So keep protein high, kind of green leafy vegetables, all the basic stuff. Um, third thing I do differently is rotate shoes. So I used to be of a mindset of like running shoes to the ground. So I'd run in shoe, a pair of shoes for like four or 500 miles and then I'd, I'd replace them. And sometimes I'd run five days in a row um, and then the shoes don't really get a, a, a kind of a chance to rest or break or kind of decompress. Um, so yeah, now I've got three pairs of shoes. I've got trail shoes. I've got my fast kind of Nike Vaporflies and I've got my own road shoes and I'll rotate them um, as much as I can because that just allows the, the shoes to re kind of re-puff up and give them a break also helps your feet so if you're running on the same pair of shoes all the time then your feet can get a bit niggly and a bit sore um but if you mix it up if you rotate every every shoe three or four times then the shoes are going to last longer and there'll be less chance of injury anyway i'm i'm, I'm surprised how, how easy i found it i hope that that was useful and um, for you i feel like i've just kind of brain dumped and just verbally spewed in all your ears but yeah i guess it's weird like there's no there's no chat back there's no questions so hope that's useful hope you enjoyed it um 
running is definitely a great outlet to to escape from reality for a wee while, decompress, it improves your mental health, it makes you feel great, and I'd recommend it to anyone. So, and um, that's been episode number sixty four. I hope you've enjoy, enjoyed this development to dad's episode. It's slightly shorter than others, but I hope that's okay um, to the maybe half a listener that's now now tuning in. But I appreciate everyone's um, attention and you can find us on show, socials. I don't have Gordon um, breathing down my neck about not doing Instagram, which is quite nice for an episode. But yeah, find us on Instagram at Developing Dads and or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Um, and one last favour, if you can leave a review, that would be great. Well, thanks very much for listening, guys. If you're on YouTube, I'll raise a glass to you. Cheers and have a good night. Done.